interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Good Saturday morning. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday. Stu Kearns, your host. Glad to have you along. The summer is winding down. Well, about halfway. But uh, it's winding down for me because my sabbatical only got a couple of weeks left. So uh, I've been having a great time learning, reading, writing, uh, visiting. Uh, been going to a lot of different churches in town, seeing what's happening out there. And uh, there, there are a lot of great places where people are gathered and uh, they're learning about Jesus. They're learning to love their neighbor. It's uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of great stuff that I've seen. I will say this. It's, it's different than uh, when I was growing up or maybe when you were growing up. And uh, so if you haven't visited a bunch of churches, you're going to see uh, the, the church landscape has changed quite a bit. Uh, let's just hope uh, whether the, uh, whether the uh, well, the bells and whistles look a little bit different. Oh, let's hope the message uh, stays about uh, loving our God, loving our neighbor, and, uh, and getting to know our, our Savior Jesus. Um, it is really great to have in studio today an old friend. Uh, he was my coach and uh, and a uh, a bit of a mentor in my high school years, and uh, he is uh, a professional uh, farmer. I think I can say that, and uh, also is is involved in this group called Common Cause. And and uh, Jack Gould has become someone who I need to have on annually because he has an annual report. And so, welcome back to the studio, Jack. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's it's just really great to have you. We were talking off air a little bit, and uh, the uh, it's just it's just like getting on a bike, uh, just having a great conversation with an old friend. Uh, now, I I describe you then as as really a professional farmer. I mean, how would you describe yourself? Well, we're, we were really ranchers. We had a cow okay. calf operation, so okay. we were technically farmer encompasses all of that but uh, but but rancher yeah yeah, yeah. we did uh, we raised cattle yeah. yeah yeah and uh and our connection goes all the way back to your years because before you did that well you've done a lot of different things but but one of the things you did how many years were you at southeast six six years so with the right i picked the right years to be there then you did yeah, yeah. Well, that's right that's Me right too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh, and i noticed on facebook that uh i was we were talking about the fact that you've been married to your lovely wife now for uh, 50, well, you counted for me and said it was 54, 54 years. I was stumbling over after we got to 50. I was <laughs> 54 years. What is the secret to wedded bliss for 54 years? Well, be easy on each other. I All think right. that's the key. I like that. I, Hey, I hope my wife is listening. Be easy, <laughs> be, be easy on me. I'll try to, that's by the way, I don't know, Jack, this is one of the sayings in our house. When people ask, you know, a big question, we say, Hey, we're easy. Yeah. We're easy. Very good. Now, let me just be honest. That is aspirational. <laughs> We're not always easy. <laughs> but I I think if you say it enough, maybe it becomes true. And do you think so? I think so. I think it's a a good thing to aim for anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, we're going to talk about a variety of things today. Uh, but um, just a few weeks ago, your annual report came out. And tell us first, tell us a little bit about Common Cause and, and the, the mission of Common Cause. And then we'll dig into... Uh, we'll, we'll get started with a few of the things that are in the report. Well, Common Cause is a, a nonprofit. We are uh, uh, considered a, a watchdog organization. Uh, we're concerned about campaign finance, lobbying activity, um, general ethics issues in, in government. They, that 
gives us a broad area of concern. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been involved in, in Common Cause? Was it just in Nebraska you got involved, or were you involved in another state? Well, I joined Common Cause back in Pennsylvania. Oh, you did? Okay. It was organized in 1970, and I became a member in 73. Mm. And uh, then when I came to Nebraska, I I was still a member, um, but I kind of got involved with the, the state chapter. And mm -hmm. uh, then I, I joined the Common Cause board in 1985, and I've had different positions ever since. Mm -hmm. But especially the last, uh, how many years have you been doing kind of the main, uh, this report, uh, lobbying report? Well, I think the first year that I put anything out was in uh, 20, let's see, 2020. Okay. It was the first time we did the lobby report. We had okay. other things, but that's why we started to focus on that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they uh, it's uh, and by the way, we'll talk later about how to find it and how to get into the nuts and bolts. But uh, the, but the lobbying report, uh, okay, I'm not a I'm not a mathematician, so I'll uh, you'll have to <laughs> forgive me for for rounding errors. But um, uh, what was the the big takeaway from the uh, from the lobbying report was that the the money invested in lobbying has gone up yet another year, right? It's gone up almost every year. Well, it's gone up every year, but I mean, it was going up by about the last few years. It's been a million dollars a year. Hmm. That's total income for the lobby. Yeah. And so this year we got up to, um, well, 22 million, which is a lot of money. Wow. Okay. That's, now, just to be real clear, this is 22 million and, and dollars related to lobbying just for the state of Nebraska, or is that just the unicameral, or is that also governor, or state races, and that kind of thing too? Well, it, it would cover. You know, the lobbyist does many things. I mean, in essence, they're trying to promote legislation, and they generally work with uh, the executive branch as well as the legislative branch. Okay. Um, and they work for whoever hires them. Gotcha. Now, there's uh, for people in my uh, world, you know, the nonprofits. There are. Uh, there are people who do lobbying, but they, they don't they don't have buckets of money and they're not, you know, taking people out to lavish lunches and doing things like that because they they're just trying to share ideas. They they don't they don't have this is a different kind of lobbying. What what is the nature of of the, the twenty two million dollars? Where does that how does that get spent? Well, it really it it uh, that that is income. Um, actually, the amount that they spend uh is not as great as the amount that they earn, mm. but um, the the lobbying firms they do have a category of reporting, which is entertainment, mm -hmm. um, and they have to report all their expenses, which are available at the Accountability and Disclosure Commission, and that's good for the public because you can go and look up those things. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it's a little complicated on the computer, but you know if you keep trying, you'll find it, yep. and it's a. Yep. Uh, um, it's. It, I think one of the concerns we have right now is the fact that uh, we're seeing more and more money going into uh, campaign uh, expenditures. In other words, they're getting more and more involved in not just entertainment and golfing and, and that kind of thing, which most people kind of say, yeah, that's a lobbyist for you. Mm -hmm. But in reality, they're very much involved now in campaign contributions, mm. hosting fundraisers, um, and that in many states is, is limited or prohibited. 
Mm. But in Nebraska, we have no rules. There's mm. nothing. Is there anything in the hopper that might create some rules or guidelines? Well, we've tried various things, uh, not specifically to go after the uh, lobby itself, but we had, uh, for 12 years, we had the Campaign Finance Limitation Act, which was a limit on expenditures by all candidates. And that kind of reduced the demand for, for money. Mm. Um, and it was, uh, we felt, very effective. Um, we had a few cases where prior to the CFLA, I think there were four examples of uh, expenses over uh, $100,000. Mm. And that was, by a lot of Nebraskans at that time, this is going back to really into 89, 88, 89, 1988, 99. Um, that was a lot of money for a camp political campaign. Yeah. But as the time has started to go closer to, to 2000, we could see that there was going to be a real problem down the road because that was becoming the standard almost. So when the CFLA went into effect, it actually set a spending limit initially of $75,000 was the most that you could spend on a campaign. Mm. Uh, it was voluntary. <laughs> it was a voluntary <laughs> limit. Yeah. But it was amazing how many senators went along with the limit. Mm. And they either... If you wanted to run a campaign, you had to sign a pledge that said you would either uh, accept the limit or that you would not accept the limit, but then you had to make an estimate of how much you would spend. Mm. And at the point that the candidate exceeded the limit, if he was a non-abiding candidate, um, you got the difference between the limit and the estimate. So mm. your opponent, if he estimated $100,000, and you had said you're not going to exceed seventy-five, but he's going to expend a hundred thousand. You got twenty-five thousand from the state. Oh wow! And it was uh, the idea was making it even. Well, it was amazing how many people either agreed with the seventy-five thousand, or they estimated at that figure, mm. and then they had two times during the uh, cycle, the election cycle, when they could increase their mm -hmm. estimate. But if they increased their estimate, and then exceeded the limit, mm. then the difference was going to their opponent. And so mm. there really wasn't a lot of cases. There were only, over a 12-year period that it was in place, there were only, I think we said, uh, wasn't, it wasn't more than 11 uh, cases mm. where public money was triggered, which is remarkable. That is remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, let's uh, pick the, take our first break, and we'll come back and pick up this question, because I... Uh, I have this instinct that there aren't many campaigns that are run for $75,000 anymore. anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> let's, let's pick up that thought here. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Jack Gould here of Common Cause. And uh, glad to have you along. Freshen up the coffee. We're just getting started on the 1499.3 KLIN. Keeping the topics lively and the conversation civil. This is Friendly Fire with Stu Kurtz on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3. KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Jack Gould here of Common Cause Nebraska. And we were talking about uh, this campaign lid that in, in years past was about $75,000. Then how did that, uh, how did that uh, uh, legislation uh, evolve over time? Well, obviously, there is a cost of living. And yeah. There's a cost <laughs> of uh, inflation and everything else. So uh, along the way, Senator Beitler was able to get, uh, get the limit attached to the cost of living. And so 
it did go up as expenses went up, mm-hmm. but it never exceeded ninety three thousand. That was on in twenty twelve. That was the last year. Citizens United came along that knocked this program, our program out. It became mm. unconstitutional because we had a trigger mechanism that mm. was providing public dollars. And it mm. was viewed that that punished the non-abiding candidate. So mm. um, it, it, we lost it then. And ever since then, it's been <laughs> a free-for-all. It's whoever can raise the most, and it seems like that's the that's the name of the game anymore. Yeah, there. I know that the local mayor's race here was very expensive, oh, and a my. lot of money from the outside poured in, and uh, and so they uh, just the numbers. Uh, is there any? Could you run for dog catcher for seventy five thousand anymore? <laughs> I doubt uh, it. I doubt it. Depends <laughs> on what the job pays, I guess. But got a lot of senators are working for twelve thousand dollars a year. Yes, and they want that job, so. Which is, again, we talked about this, I think, the last time you were on. It's like there have been efforts to yeah. – it's just an absurdly low amount of money. It is. And, uh, and yet uh, somehow it never, it never changes. What, what, are, what are maybe some of the forces that keep that from changing? Because it seems to me like, again, if you're an ordinary guy and you're, you're not wealthy or you're, or you're not retired – then then there's no way an ordinary person could even consider public service in that way because you just it's your time is worth more than that yeah i it's it's very difficult we we've supported i don't know how many times we have been behind a bill that would increase uh the salary because mm-hmm. it, it is a fairness question mm-hmm. but and it and it lends itself to uh justifying uh money coming in from other sources Mm-hmm. And it justifies this huge race for dollars when you want to get elected. But uh, it's it's gotten to the point now where uh, money is so important. It's almost a plutocracy rather than a democracy. Mm-hmm. The money comes pouring in, and and uh, you gotta you gotta be involved in raising money big time, or you're not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. I mean, that shouldn't be in the best interest of the public. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I would think a lot of people, again, they just would never even consider it because it just isn't – they don't have a, a financially viable way of, of living if they would do that. Exactly. Um, no. But the money so, – so the influence, again, is, is, is a part of what the package is about. I mean, you're, you're in a position of influence. Um, and so the people who are trying to influence the people who are making the legislation, again, back to kind of the main story of the of the report, is uh, is millions of dollars to the people who are who are lobbying, and then and then uh, benefits to campaigns. When and you may not know the exact time, but it seems like that's a fairly recent development of the of the lobbying and the corporations actually donating directly to campaigns. Or has it always been that way, or is that a fairly recent development? Well, in the CFLA, what we were talking about earlier, yeah. there was a $2,000 limit on corporate contributions. But um, when the CFLA was declared unconstitutional, then everything went. I mean, you, you mm. declared it unconstitutional. so And there was no interest in putting back anything. And mm. there hasn't been any interest since 2012 of putting limits on this on the money. And so you, you see more and more, whenever, wherever there's competition, wherever there's two candidates that are in the money race, it, it just if he's raising a lot, then you got to raise a lot. Mm-hmm. And the lobby in itself, I don't know that they have been, uh, you know, leading the way on trying to raise the money, but they it's another way of of gaining access and favors 
yeah. is by not just providing the entertainment and the the uh, golfing and that sort of stuff, which has been sort of the thing that lobbyists do, mm-hmm. uh, and most people accept that. But raising money is a big issue now, and there are they host fundraisers. I mean, the lobby not only do they make direct contributions, which are you know our, we had nine of our ten top ten that we we identified, you know, was over two hundred thousand dollars that they had donated to uh, legislative candidates. Wow. And so that if you put 350 lobbyists together, it's uh, it's a lot of money that's, that could come out of it. Now, we're talking with the top yeah. end, but I mean, yeah. that's something that a lobbyist can do if he wants to gain favor. Let's make mm-hmm. a donation to Senator so-and-so. Give mm-hmm. him $100. Give him $500. Give him $1,000. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no limit on what you can give, but if you have the money mm-hmm. and you can – uh, gain some access and gain some favor with them by doing that. Um, we, it's it's a big deal. That uh, it's 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 a kind of influence that uh, again, unless you write a report and we read the report <laughs> and we think about that, that a lot of people would be fairly uh, oblivious to. Uh, we 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 hear that they're raising a lot of money, yeah. but most of us have no idea how they do that or where that might come from. Well, the other side of it is that. Um, you know, the big firms have a lot of clients. Mm. And so not only can the lobbyists make donations and host fundraisers, they can also talk to their clients. And mm. I've, I have seen letters where a client has uh, written – well, actually, a lobbyist writes a letter. It says, uh, dear senator, um, my client, whoever it might be, thinks you're doing a wonderful job. We really appreciate it. We want to help you out. So my client's going to donate $5,000. Now, that figure is accurate. I'm giving an exact example, but mm-hmm. not naming the names. Yeah. <laughs> but he's going to donate, donate $5,000 to your campaign. Mm. Now, you think about that. Why is the lobbyist doing it? Why doesn't just the company or whoever it is make the – because he's the conduit. Yes. The lobbyist can say to his clients, you know, I think if you give some money to this guy, we might get – a vote here or there, you know, that's something that can be, it would never be that blunt. Yes. But the inference is there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. And that's, and so, so 2012 then was watershed then was. in terms of, of, uh, of and, and, and okay. So if I'm trying to, you know, if I'm trying to be a good, whatever conservative, I say, well, yeah, but freedom of speech and then the money represents speech. And so you need to have freedom to, to you know, to give your money where you want to give it, and say whatever you want to say, and and uh, how would you? Can, can I respond to that? Yeah, please, please do. Well, it, it really, what it really says is, if you've got money, yeah. you can get, you can speak louder and more often than the average guy. That, <laughs> yeah. That's yes, that's the problem. <laughs> yes, I think I think that deserves a repeat there because that's the you know it's interesting of all the and I understand we live in a hey I'm a pastor I believe we live in a fallen sinful world and that there are many things that are wrong with this world so that that part of it and and the, and the, so we have issues of race and and uh, sexism and all kinds of things going on but but if I had to say the number one thing in this country that causes division and problems it's almost always related to some kind of money issue. Uh, and uh, I mean, not to say that there aren't a lot of other issues and a lot of other problems and fairness and justice issues, but, but boy, money is, uh, is really, really near the, the top of the list. Well, and it's particularly in a democracy where, mm. you know, you, you are free to give, you're free to do 
which is fine. But mm-hmm. um, if that's the case, if it's just a wide open ball game, then you have to start looking at who's going to have the most access and who's mm-hmm. going to have uh, the ability to get candidates elected and who's going to, and it's, uh, it's, it's not good for the candidates even. I don't know that all the candidates like raising money, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, if you've got a, a kind, a generous donor, you want to be hang on to that person, yeah, yeah. and that gives that person perhaps more access. And I, you know, I can cite plenty of examples, but I mean, for a rural senator to get ten thousand dollars from somebody is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Now, in the urban areas, that's not uncommon, but yeah. in a rural area, mm. that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Let's take another break. When we come back. Uh, we'll dig into some other issues that were in your report and a couple of questions that I have. Okay. I call, let's call that potpourri for 500. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Jack Gould. He's uh, He works with, well, he's a rancher, but he also uh, has been working with Common Cause since his youth. And uh, they're, they're interested in fairness. I think I'm interested in fairness. Uh, are you? Let's talk some more. It's a Friendly Fire Saturday here on 1499.3 KLIN. Interesting topics to kick off your weekend. Looking at the news with an eye of faith. Friendly Fire with Stu Kearns. 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday. Uh, talking with Jack Gould. He's with Common Cause. And uh, and Common Cause is a group that's interested in fairness. And, uh, and, uh, and, and again, looking out for the common good. And uh, your annual report... By the way, it's it's not too long to read. It's just it's filled with pictures and it's, <laughs> and it's well written. No I, cartoons. Uh, no, no cartoons, but <laughs> it was. Uh, I I can tell that you you have an education background. It's easy to read, uh, but also um, uh, there was a story in here that uh, I think we all kind of heard, but we didn't really hear the story behind the story. And so you do some reporting on this trip that several senators took to Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, Tell us about that and and about what your reporting kind of dug up. Well, I think initially we were uh, impressed with the idea that uh, a group of senators, both Democrats and Republicans, male, female, uh, white and uh, people of black. I mean, we had it was quite an interesting group that was Mm -hmm. going to climb the mountain. And that got a lot of publicity, a lot of newspapers and a lot of uh, TV, radio people were writing, talking about it. And, in our suspicious behavior, <laughs> we were wondering who's paying for this. You know, how are we going to do this? And uh, nobody was really talking about that. But <clears throat> we uh, we didn't think we were going to have much luck going directly to everybody and asking them what, because the inference was they were paying for it themselves. Mm. So we uh, we had to wait because um, the legislators have to file what's called a C1, which is a document which identifies gifts. And so there's a lot that they have to report. They have to report sources of income Mm -hmm. and so forth. But the gift area is often either neglected or not reported very well. (laughs) And I I felt it wasn't fair to do anything until we found out if they reported the gifts because if they pay for it themselves, so be it. But Mm -hmm. So when uh, March 1st came around, we had to wait. They went up in November. March 1st is when those are due. And so I was particularly looking at them as they were coming in. Mm. And most of them were, weren't reporting anything about it. And so it appeared that it was their own. But we did get one report, which came in and mentioned that um, standard process, 
was uh, at first they were just a donor, um, and that the uh, they had donated uh, airfare and food supplements. And we have one report that said that. Uh, the others didn't really say anything. So then we started trying to figure out: um, Did they all get it? Did just one person get it? And uh, where did it come from? And uh, so. In the process of doing that, one of our board members uh, was looking at standard process and found that they had posted a picture online mm. of our five senators on top of Mount Kilimanjaro holding a sign which says, <laughs> big sign, <laughs> saying standard process. Well, that's called advertising. <laughs> yeah. And standard process was running that on their Facebook page, their LinkedIn all of the online sources, they had this picture of five senators on top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. So then we thought it was right about the time, if you remember, there were five police officers that were had a picture of them standing behind a political candidate, and they yeah. were fined a thousand dollars. Well, there's a fairness question here. Yeah. <laughs> if you can, if you're going to go after the police officers for advertising, and they should have. I mean, it's not right that they should use their position. Mm -hmm. But then again, what about the senators? I mean, if you're climbing a mountain and you're trying to sell this idea of camaraderie and so forth, and then suddenly you get up there and somebody holds, gives you a banner and you hold it up there, you're you're advertising. <laughs> yeah. So we talked to accountability. I mean, uh, for, first we talked to uh, Joe Jordan, who's with the News Channel. Mm. And most I, I tried to contact other sources in the press, but they just weren't interested because most of them had pre presented a very rosy picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Joe hadn't really written anything about all this, but he started mm. looking into it and he called Standard Process mm. and said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Did you give these guys money? And they came <laughs> back and said, yes, we gave each of them $1,300. Mm. Well, that should have been reported on a C1 and it wasn't. Mm. So then um, the very next day, after they had told him that they'd given him a check, they had gone to uh, Senator Ben Hansen and said to Senator, he is a chiropractor, and he had worked as a distributor for Standard Process since 2007. Mm. Well, when they went to him, he was their contact person, and he came out and said, hey, we didn't get the money. You want us to go public and say you, we wanted the money to go to charity. Well, that was a complete contradiction as to what they had told Joe Jordan the very day before. Mm. So then the question came up, did they get money? Didn't they get money? Mm. Did they give the money to charity or didn't they give the money to charity? <laughs> yeah. um, and then we looked, tried to look at the cost of the trip and so forth. And it wasn't just five senators and a, and a mountain climber. Mm. It was actually over 60 people who climbed that mountain. And there were friends of Senator Brewer. He was sort of the organizer. Uh, there, was, uh, there were people to carry luggage. They had two chefs. They had two servers. They had, I mean, this was, this was a pretty nice climb, I must uh -huh. say. So we kept trying to figure, well, how much did it actually cost? And did they, how much would they spend? Well, we were going to file a complaint with accountability and disclosure, but they came back and said, well, it doesn't look like they uh, used money from anybody. So, you know, you, your complaint won't go anywhere because uh, money didn't change hands. So then our argument was, well, you don't go up on a mountain and advertise for, for a company if, you, <laughs> if you're not getting paid for it, or why would they do that? Yeah. <laughs> and so Just... then there was, there was a lot of disagreement about what had happened. And 
accountability and disclosure sent a letter to all five saying, look, just explain on the C1, file new C1s and explain what happened. Well, they, uh, they came up with a word of, uh, they were, that the, there was money pledged by standard process. Um, but, uh, that was as far as they would go. They said it, they didn't ever, they never got the money because mm. they were a sponsor. Well, that was a term that isn't in the legal world. Uh-huh. So they used that. And then none of them, after they filed the stuff with accountability exclusion, no one, um, really talked about advertising on the mountain. <laughs> which we thought was half of the story. Yeah. So that's where we are now. I mean, they've never said how much they spent. They've never really talked about why they displayed the banner. Uh, <laughs> and so we've kind of put a wet blanket on things, but I think it's fair for the public to know those. Things. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Jack, I know the last time I went to a, a, a high mountain, you know, I took a banner with me, you know, just in case, you know, that I, you know, I just wanted to show people how much I care about, you know, yeah. an organization. It's very near to my heart. And what's the name of that group again? Oh, yeah. Uh, that it's, it's almost impossible to imagine <laughs> carrying a flag with you with the name of a company on there and not having Shazam. No idea of why we did that. Yeah. That's, that, that's a little hard to believe, isn't it? Yes. I, I think I remember someone climbing a mountain coming down with Ten Commandments. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, yes. <laughs> and that got a lot of coverage. It did. It got a lot of coverage. It still does. Yeah. We're, we're always, if you, you, it's just, it's, it's interesting how the things that we don't care about. This is, again, one of these, it was, there was a feel-good story, and it was a good feel-good story. We enjoyed that story. It was a it good It just story. turned out it was not quite exactly true, right? Were things that were left out. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it was, yes, <laughs> there were things that were left out, which which could be kind of interesting things. It turns out. Well, that's why we put it in the report. Yeah. Is there a boy? Thanks for the report <laughs> because <laughs> these are just things like this that are so uh, well. They're so peculiar. You can't believe that nobody cares. Yeah. Um. Do you feel, by the way, before we take our last break here, is there sometimes where you feel like Don Quixote, like you're you're kind of you're charging the windmills and you're and you're and and suddenly and nobody around seems to, it's and now not to say certain things do get traction that's awesome, uh, but but there doesn't seem to sometimes be the traction that there should be. Do you, do you get that? Do you battle that sometimes? Well, it's strange you should say that because there have been those who've accused me of being Don Quixote. <laughs> But, you know, I consider that a compliment. Yes. I, I think he, uh, a man who lived for ideals and yes. principles. Yes. Uh, even if, you know, and we have to look at it that way. I mean, it isn't, it isn't so much just being right or, or, or trying to, you know, make something of ourselves. It's really, the public has a right to know. Mm. And this is a democracy. And so if you're, if you're going to be taking gifts... Or if you're going to be taking campaign money, yeah. uh, it all should be public, yeah. and the public should know how how it, it works. And yeah. so, uh, you know, sticks and stones. You know that slogan. Names never hurt us. Uh, that's uh, and that's and that's why you're doing it, and I'm not. 
I'm not as good at that. I'm not as good. One last break. We'll be back in just a second here talking with Jack Gould here from Common Cause. Glad to have you along on 1499.3 KLIN. Bringing you local voices to break down the news of the week. Friendly Fire with Stu Kurds on the voice of Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. We are back. It's Friendly Fire Saturday talking with Jack Gould here from Common Cause. And uh, Jack, it is the time of the program. Hey, shameless plug. And uh, you can plug anything you want to plug, but I do want people to know where they can find the report. Well, if they just go online to uh, Common Cause Nebraska or Nebraska Common Cause, then you'll come up on our page and we have the whole story there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And it's and, it, and again, it's very readable. Um, I didn't print out every page because, you know, I'm saving ink. I'm saving the planet. But I, I uh, but it's uh, isn't it funny, uh, Jack, I don't know if you're like me. You know, all the young the young people, they just read everything on their screen and I need paper. I want it in my hand. Is, am I the only one that way? No, I, I have it right here. If you'd like yeah. to see it, see, I am going to get. We are printing up uh, hard copies, and they were supposed to be here this week. And I thought mm-hmm. I'd be able to bring you some, but uh. it has not worked. But when, I, when they're going to come in, I hope this week, and yeah. I'll bring you a copy or two, or however many you want. Gotcha, you want gotcha. Well, I appreciate that. And again, if you're if you're not a baby boomer, you probably just look at it on your screen, and you're fine. We'll save the planet that way, but. I, I tried to save the planet by just printing out a few of the pages instead okay. of all of them. Uh, a couple of other things that uh, uh, were kind of fairness things in the news. And one of the things we do uh, talk about on the program is just, um, you know, uh, the kind of the news, uh, the, the things that are in the news and, and especially in the light of, uh, in the light of our faith. And uh, one of the big stories this week was the student loan debt. And uh, we're talking about trading favors, and that's um, my just full disclosure here. You know, I've got family members who have student loan debt who would love to see that debt removed, and so I and I empathize with people who have debt, with without a doubt. Uh, but then the uh, President Biden had a plan to spend about four hundred billion in debt removal. Now that's down to I think about thirty six billion or something, uh, kind of a pared down attack. What? What are your thoughts in terms of a fairness perspective? Uh, I know Common Cause doesn't have a position on this, but but if you could channel your Common Cause instincts, um, because there was a part of me that was thinking, well, okay, if it's the guy I like or the gal I like and the cause I like, then it's like, eh, hey, sure, spend the money. But if it's if eh, if it's not, then I'm kind of like, wait a minute, what are you doing with my money? Uh, what do you think of the principle behind this 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 kind of action? Well, I think. One of the reasons that this became such a big issue, and and this is at the root of it all, is the cost of education. Mm. I mean, there was a time when you and I were yeah. going to school, yeah. and we were able to get through it with our parents' help and maybe a job here and there or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it was all possible. You know? Yeah. It wasn't Absolutely. cheap, but no. it was possible. Absolutely. But now, when you look at at kids trying to go to school, and it's in the best interest of our country to have yeah. an educated population. Yeah. Now, not everybody has to go to college, but if you want to go, yeah. you shouldn't be in debt for the rest of your life. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I would, I, I, you know, I, I'm not crazy about seeing the tax dollars distributed everywhere, but I think it's become necessary uh, mostly because what education costs now. Yeah. And I don't know, a lot of universities and colleges are heavily endowed. Do they really need <laughs> to go after that much more money, yeah. uh, I don't know. I don't know that question, but I think that's at the root of the problem. 
Yeah, yeah. It 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 has changed a ton. I I mean, I know I just went to the University of Nebraska and and really worked part-time jobs and I wrote the tuition check every every semester. And yeah. I I know that's not possible anymore. Yeah. Uh I I don't know if you had a similar kind of experience, but uh, maybe school is more expensive in Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you know, it, I I was playing sports and I you know, getting a job and trying to do a lot of the things you were doing wasn't easy to do either. Yeah. My father, fortunately, was able to scrape the money together to to uh, get me through college, and I really didn't pay any of my own money. Mm. He paid it on time. I walked out without any debt. Mm. And that was, I think, true of my wife, who was mm. her family was able to pay their way. And so I think I did get a job my junior or senior year that paid help with room and board. I was a dorm proctor. You know, mm. they paid for that, yeah, yeah. which was, that was helpful. Yeah. But I mean, the amount of money now that people have to come up with every semester is just beyond anything that average people can do. Yeah. And I don't know. That's, that's got to be addressed as well if yeah. you're concerned about the, uh, absolutely off the loans. Absolutely. I, and that's why I, I again, I'm, let's be creative. Let's, let's see what we can do. Uh, and somehow find a way legislatively maybe to, to make that happen. And, um, okay. With just a few minutes left, uh, for those who, who know a little bit about you, you were a football coach. You were my football coach. That's right. Back at Southeast high school. You were a and good player. I, well, you know, that is one of the kindest things that you say <laughs> because I was, I was pretty average, but, uh, but uh, when I, I'm going to, I'm going to take you pretty good and run with that. Okay. Well, that thank was, you. <laughs> that was good. That was, I appreciate that coach. Um, by the way, the, and, and uh, Coach Gould was uh, most famous for the uh, Mad Dog Blitz. Yes, exactly. The, uh, explain briefly what the Mad Dog Blitz is. Well, it's a Red Dog Blitz. Red Dog Blitz. Oh, sorry. Red Dog Blitz. Red Dog Blitz. But it might as well be the Mad Dog Mad Blitz. Dog Blitz. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty well, close. It was a very con- – we played man coverage, and, and uh-huh. then everybody that wasn't involved in pass coverage – was involved in going after the quarterback. <laughs> we, ran, we couldn't run at every play, but when we did, it was pretty much chaos on the field. Yes. It, worked, it worked well for us. Now, in, in, now, if you did that in the NFL, they'd score a <laughs> touchdown every time. So that would, or, or pretty close to it. But at high school football, that, they're not that sophisticated. Yeah. And when you do something crazy like that, I remember some, uh, some quarterbacks' eyes that looked very afraid. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> well, when you see the... Uh, Nine guys <laughs> coming at you—it's uh, scary. I don't think I don't think we ever failed on a red dog blitz that I can we were recall. Very lucky, you know, yeah, we, we didn't were... get caught. No, no, no. Okay, so speaking of football, uh, are you drinking the Kool Aid with the Matt Rule uh, hire and the and the all oh, the the, ra- the ratings of uh, players and the and all the hype, or are you are you still more cautious? Well, I really enjoy football, and I really I, I like to see the, the big red out there playing and i'd like to see him winning uh i i hope it all pays off i don't know i mean how do you know what's yeah. going to happen we've seen a lot of coaches come and go lately oh, so man. we have to hope that that there's some success this year and that yeah. uh, people are happy with uh, with wins yeah what would success be for you because i think everybody's got a different measuring stick well for your first year, if you can have a winning season, that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah. 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 Especially considering where it's been. Yeah. 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 This would be a big deal for Nebraska if they could have a winning season. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I hate to say it, but I'm I'm putting, uh, well, six six wins in a bowl game is that's, That would be great. That would be a 
very successful season. I mean, and it's, and you know, and you were living here and I was growing up in a time where that would have been, you know, stuff that gets you fired. thing that was, I think the biggest change for me was coming out of college thinking nothing to coaching. I could get into coaching, no problem. But in college, all I had to know was my position. Yeah. And when I had started coaching, I said, wait a minute, what are those backs doing back there? And I knew what the end was doing, but I didn't yeah. know what everybody else was. Oh. And so you have a lot to know. And especially yeah. when you start to get into, you know, Division One football, you, it's just, it's yeah. it's so overpowering. Yeah. And it's so demanding. I mean, yeah. the expectations here in Nebraska are huge. Yes, they are. So I always have a little compassion for the, whoever the coach is. I yes. know what they're going through. Speaking of coaches, got one minute left. You you coached with Frank Solich, right? I did. Did you did you have any fun? I thought it was sweet them bringing him back to honor him. Yeah. And uh, to uh, any did that stir up any old memories and feelings? One of my great memories is that after Frank left and went to the University of Nebraska, I was one more year at Southeast, mm-hmm. and when I uh, uh, got, applied for the job at Raymond Central, there were several really good coaches that were wanted the job, and mm-hmm. I didn't think I had a chance. You know, I just mm-hmm. well when I got. When they told me I had the job, uh, the principal called me in and said to me, the only reason you got this job is because Frank Solish wrote a note recommending you. Oh. <laughs> and I, that really made me, as a social studies teacher, yeah. feel really good. That's... Because, uh, you know, I, I thought, don't you think I'm a good teacher? <laughs> you know, <laughs> is, it just, is it just the football? Yeah. But uh, it was... Uh, you know, Frank, Frank was very kind to me, and I, uh, I, I have... Uh, he was a guy who kept you at a distance. Yeah. That's the best way to put yeah. it. Yeah. I never felt that I was his close friend, but I, I worked for him and I did all I could to help him when yeah. he was at Southeast. Yeah. And uh, I had great respect for his knowledge of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're out of time. Thanks so much, Jack, for stopping in today. Okay. I Thank appreciate you. it. You bet. I leave you saying, as I always do, to think about it and talk about it. We'll see you next time.